1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS
2: Sports. On his way to the end zone. Tell
1: you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play.
2: Off to the races. Touchdown. Oh, he's done it again.
1: Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave,
0: Jamie, Heath, and Ben. An early look at sleepers for the 2021 season. What's going on? Welcome to the Fantasy Football Today podcast today. Uh, an old veteran quarterback that uh, the guys like. One for Dave, one for Jamie, one for Heath. The oldest would be for Dave. Tom Brady is his sleeper. Who's going to be the starting running back for the Patriots, for the Steelers, for the Seahawks? We've got some young wide receivers that are coming into their own, hopefully going to take a big step in 2021. All right. I'm going to give you some fantasy football fun facts on Alliteration Thursday here. I'll be the one
2: to decide if these are fun or not.
0: Okay. the How's fun the Temperature's great. Well, first of all, it's like fifty degrees, so that's you know outside, and the heat's back on. So I don't even have the heat on right now. It's great, but I could if I wanted to. With the hot water, best shower ever. Five straight days without a shower. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my that's god! That's just
2: a regular week for you, right?
0: Yeah. Well, more like three is like a regular week. This was this was rough. Uh, it was yeah. terrific.
2: There, there, there are some folks in Texas who might be able to relate. Yeah, yeah. And I know I feel, too I feel myself. Bad joking
0: about it, right? How are your yeah. parents doing?
2: They're hanging in there. I, I believe that they're going to get warm water back soon.
0: How long has it been for them?
2: Uh, over a week without warm water. And they went almost a week without water and electricity. And they had a sewage buildup in their front yard. But other than that, things were great. Oh
0: Jeez. Awful. All right. Well, hopefully everything getting better and better by the day there. Yeah. All right. So let's get the fun meter out. How fun are these facts, Dave? Kirk Cousins has finished as a top 12 quarterback in five of the last six seasons.
2: That's a good stat. I wouldn't say it's fun. There's not a lot of fun things to say about Kirk Cousins because he's not really a fun guy. I, Jamie's got him as a sleeper, an early sleeper. Sure. No, I, I understand the sleeper appeal. That doesn't mean that the That's fact fun. is fun. Jamie's Can I try to rival your fun, fun fact?
1: Sure. In relation to Kirk Cousins, there were only two quarterbacks last year who played 16 full games, didn't leave because of injury, and didn't finish as a top 12 quarterback.
0: Who? You're supposed to
2: guess that. That's the fact. Uh,
0: <laughs> okay. Two quarterbacks who didn't finish top 12 and played a full season. I think I know them. Go
1: Dave.
2: Wait a minute. 16 games they played and they didn't finish. We're not top counting
1: 12? guys that left early in games because of injuries. Very, so cross very azery right there. Cross off Matthew Stafford and Derek Carr because they didn't play. Like they had, the, they, they missed large
2: chunks of games. I would say Baker Mayfield. That's correct. Oh, he actually
0: did leave a game hurt, didn't he? Against the pit against Pittsburgh.
2: Matt Ryan never got hurt. So there's only one. Is Isn't it Matt Matt Ryan, Ryan? Philip Rivers. Oh, Phil, wait, a, but okay, you're right. Philip Rivers never left a game because he was hurt, but he was replaced in games at times. So by basically, 20%. every
1: quarterback that played 16 full games last year finishes the top 12. All
0: quarterback. right, Cousins was 12th per game though, so I'm going to give him. I got him at third. There. Oh yeah.
3: Jamie, do you want to talk about Kirk Cousins real quick since he's one of your sleepers? I did see a cool stat on the Pro Football Network that he uh, they called him the Emperor of Garbage Time. And <laughs> this was uh, their definition was trailing by 16 points or more in the second half. And what was the stat they used? Uh, Fun stat. He's the Emperor of Garbage Time. Yeah. 65 garbage time attempts. When the fun stops. And he had seven touchdowns when trailing by six points. 16 points or more.
0: Cousins also threw 38 times per game in his last eight games. More on him in a bit. Fun fact. Fantasy football fun fact number two. In his career, Tariq Cohen averages 3.32 catches per game in wins, 5.04 catches per game in losses. He had only six catches in three games. Chicago went 3-0. and uh,
3: So... Keep that Good in mind. thing he's been the running back in the Mitchell Trubisky error.
0: I, I like that you said error there. Uh yeah. But, but they they win more than they than you'd think, right? But I don't know. That's somewhat fun, right?
2: He's catches. That's somewhat fun. Okay. That that's more fun than the Kirk Cousins stat. All
0: right, here's an unofficial Acer stat that I'm pretty sure is correct.
2: Not fun.
0: <laughs> Uh, The last 11 games of the season, that was when Jacoby Myers started actually playing because Julian Edelman got hurt. Jacoby Myers had 35.65%. By the way, I'm talking about Tariq Cohn and Jacoby Myers and Kirk Cousins because they're on the early sleepers list. Uh, When Myers started playing, he had 35.65% of the team's receiving yards. That is a crazy high number. They were the worst passing team, one of the worst passing teams in the league. If they had thrown for 4,000 yards and he had had that pace, just to put it in perspective, just 4,000 yards, he would have had over 1,400 yards. So 35%, a little bit more than that, of the team's receiving yards, Jacoby Myers. But he didn't play when Julian Edelman played. So, Dave, that's one of your sleepers, the, the slot guy, basically, for the Patriots.
2: It could develop into two different slot guys because Edelman, what if the Patriots move on from him? They say he's making too much money or he says, I want to go play with Tom and win a ring like he did with Gronk. Then I don't know if his voice is that high, but that could happen too, where Edelman's on a different team trying to win now. Myers takes that role in New England. Um, but I, you know, I, I've been a fan of Myers uh, since he signed with New England. I liked his film in college, and I think he's shown some pretty damn
3: good flashes at times. Okay. Love is soap. I saw this uh, this tweet from uh, Mike Clay of ESPN. There's 122 receivers that have 80 plus targets over the last three seasons. Myers is one. Alex Erickson is the other of the Bengals. Uh, those are the only two guys to have over 120, at least 122 target, at least 80 targets. Excuse me, of the 122 uh, to not catch a touchdown. Mm-hmm. No touchdown catches.
0: New England. had <laughs> you guys know how many New England threw New touchdown passes?
3: Isn't three? like six. Touchdown passes or receivers that caught touchdown.
0: Touchdown passes thrown by Patriots quarterbacks. It's not six or eight. It's higher than that. Twelve. Twelve. Yeah, tied with the Giants for the fewest in football. All right. Last fantasy football fun yeah. fact. Not sure if you guys knew this one. Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Now know? I do. Did you see that? You know what I'm talking about. Did you what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? J.J. Watt tweeted, mitochondria <laughs> is the powerhouse of the cell. And Have you taken middle school science? Everyone went crazy and, and tried to come up with theories about what that meant, and it was very funny. Uh, all right, so Jamie, why don't you start? Who's your favorite early sleeper for 2021?
3: Uh, of the guys I gave you? Yeah, whatever. Um, LaVisca Chenault. I think it's going to be fun to see what they end up doing in Jacksonville with their receiving corps and uh, what ends up happening uh, to enhance it if they do. If they don't, then I think Chenault's in a great spot.
0: 600 yards on 79 targets in 14 games, added 91 rushing yards as well, and finished pretty strong in his last four games. Uh, He he had three touchdowns. Heath, who's your favorite 2021 early sleeper? Um, I think I'll say Raheem Mostert. It seems like Jeff
1: Wilson is more popular than Mostert. Hi. and i'm not sure that that should totally be the case um he has obviously he's one of the best running backs ever he's averaged 5.6 <laughs> yards per carry for his career he's
0: jamal charles yeah
1: and um i is long for as long as he's healthy he's going to be a good running back for fantasy he has been pretty much always so hopefully he's healthy
3: for for 10 or 12 games next year i think we're still going to see moster get drafted ahead of wilson
0: Dave, you like Wilson better, right?
2: I do. I think he can, I think he can handle the ground and pound of a season better than Mostert can. I think that's been proven. He's also younger than Mostert. It wouldn't surprise me in the least if they split work, and those were the one A and one B running backs in San Francisco. But I'll take the guy who's been better in short yardage and goal line situations. That's Wilson.
0: They were splitting work last Mostert's last four games. And of course he got hurt in those four games. Mostert had 53 carries. Wilson had 46 carries. And,
1: and the only yeah. part of that I, w- I would debate because the younger part, I think matters a lot. Jeff Wilson's career high in carries is 126. He's not proven at all that he could
2: handle a full season's worth of. Work. Oh, and you know, the Forty Nineers have to have proven running backs.
1: Well, no, I'm just saying. You said he's proven that he can hold up to the wear and tear of a full season. Okay, like where he most fair
2: right? point.
0: Fair
1: he point.
2: Right. Okay. Fine. So, in the limited playing time that both of these running backs have, one has broken down far more often than the other.
0: Uh, I actually don't think the age matters because it's not like Mostert has a lot of mileage, you know.
2: No, but huh? you, I, I think as we are telling you, the coaches know that they can't just throw him out there and expect him to be. um expect him to hold up for game after game after game i'm sure in the back of their minds they're worried about keeping him healthy look they, mosterts talented don't take that away from him. i'm not saying he's a he's a dud but i'm concerned that the coaching staff will limit
3: his work in an effort to keep him available throughout the majority of the season well i mean both these guys are going to have limited workloads it's not like either one is going in and getting Featured opportunities. It's just that that's not the mo of this team, and they're probably going to add a third guy that's going to make this a frustrating backfield as well. So,
1: and, um, and Jeff Wilson I, did go on IR last year, right? Yeah, he got he hurt.
3: Did. Yep, um, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Wilson hurt. is is free of the injury tag consideration as well. But by comparison to Mostert, I'd say well, that I mean, he's the better M- candidate. Mostert, Mostert, in, in the sample size that we have, and again, it's just you know you got to go with the San Francisco sample size. Uh, obviously, he bounced around the league, so if you want to take that into consideration, that's fine. But you know, for what he did for San Francisco two years ago, he, he, he proved to be durable for what they used him for.
0: Yeah. Down the stretch two years ago, he was obviously great. He was a top 10 running back in the last five games of the season. And then, you know, did pretty well in the postseason. and they're going to need touchdowns. And the 49ers, the last two seasons have had 19 rushing touchdowns and 17 rushing touchdowns just from their running backs. So they're going to need that. because they're not getting a lot of care. I'm uh, not going to carries, And I don't think, or sorry, they're not getting a lot of catches and I don't, think we're going to get like a 250 carry running back from the 49ers. All right. Uh, we're up to Dave. Dave, who's your favorite early sleeper?
2: My favorite early sleeper is going to end up becoming like uh, a very popular, trendy breakout. And it's AJ Dillon with the Packers who, look? it looks like Aaron Jones is on his way out. It sounds like the Dolphins are interested. The Jets are interested. One or both of those teams really might pay him a lot of money to be their lead back. And that would just open the door for Dylan to be at least in a timeshare, and that's if they keep Jamal Williams, and/or draft another running back. I would imagine that Dylan would get the first crack at being the main guy if AJ Dylan, or I'm sorry, if Aaron Jones leaves Green Bay, and he's going to be popular. He's going to be a very popular pick. Uh, We just did a dynasty draft. Really like where Jacob Gibbs took AJ Dillon in the dynasty draft. Accidentally told the entire league how much I like the pick. <laughs> as a matter of fact, and I think he's got potential to be just that bullying physical back that we've been talking about really for the past year when it comes to Dylan.
1: Yeah, I, I uh, wrote about Dylan and Williams earlier this week in the running back projections article, and I think Dylan probably ends up assuming that Aaron Jones leaves, and let's say like they're not. I don't. I don't believe it's going to be just AJ Dylan. It'll be Jamal Williams or someone sharing with him. Um, doing mm-hmm. the passing downs work. Um, I would expect that we're going to see Dylan in like round four. Um,
3: yeah,
1: he's 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 as a pretty good But right?
3: Like, I, I'm writing sleepers, breakouts, and busts for next week, and he's he's one of the breakout candidates for sure.
1: Um, but I think I think Jamal Williams again this is another situation where I think Jamal Williams may be a very good sleeper because yep, they've thrown the ball a ton to their running backs over the past two years. Jones and Williams kind of split those receptions. I think Dylan will do. Wonders in the running game, but Williams' reception total could really go up if he's sharing with Dylan, who doesn't have the pass catching chops of Aaron Jones. Right, it's the so
3: smartest me- thing the Packers could do is to keep Jamal Williams because he's going to be cheap. They mm-hmm. love him; he's such a great locker room guy for them. And you have Dylan under his rookie deal. It just makes so much sense. Let Aaron Jones walk because he's, he's, he he does deserve a, a big contract. I mean he's he's been among the best running backs the last three seasons, so he deserves to get paid. And as Dave noted, I think you are going to see several teams going after him. So. um if I'm the Packers, I I, I keep Jamal Williams. I, I make him sort of the insurance in case A.J. Dillon can't handle the full load because Williams has proven he can. Uh, maybe not the same level as Aaron Jones, but makes makes so much sense to just keep Jamal Williams and Dillon and, and make that your backup. So let me name one that's a legit sleeper and not one that's a pretend sleeper because the guys
2: are right, and I said it as much. Um, I like Adam Troutman in New Orleans. I, I like the talent. I know that he didn't play a whole lot as a rookie, and I know he went to a small school. He went to Dayton. But he's a big dude. He's smart. He's a good-moving tight end. Should replace Jared Cook pretty seamlessly in that offense. And if Jameis Winston's the quarterback, as we've been talking about for the last six years with Jameis, he has a tendency to lean on his tight ends. The offense in New Orleans has consistently leaned on its tight ends. I think Trotman could be a very, very interesting fantasy sleeper.
0: Okay, I'm trying to look up this stat that I had updated so now i think it's four years in a row just going back to the aj Dillon jamal williams thing four years in a row that a running back has been second on the team in targets when matt lafleur has been the head coach or the offensive coordinator uh both years with the packers i know
3: where you can find that it's in that ringer store (laughs) uh
0: yeah four years in a row todd Gurley. Deion Lewis, Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones. None of them had like a ton of targets. Well, well, Todd Gurley had 87 targets. That's a lot.
2: Um, 50 catches, I'm saying.
0: Yeah, so so keep that in mind. Running backs always involved in the passing game when Matt LaFleur has been the coordinator or the head coach. And
2: the running backs have scored. They scored 16 total touchdowns in 2020. Of course, that was when Aaron Rodgers went berserk, so it was lower than what it was in 2019, which was 25 touchdowns. I bet they end up somewhere in between and probably closer to 25 than 16 in 2021.
0: Okay, last question here. Let's go back to Dylan one more time. So we talked about when we did the sophomore running back show. Seven running backs went in the top thirty-six picks in a draft we did in early January. What, I think Heath, you said Dylan fourth round, so that would be just behind that. Would he jump ahead of any of those big seven if Jones were if Jones signed somewhere else, Heath? I don't think so. like in PPR. I, I really don't think
1: there's much chance in non PPR. I I think that there is a chance. Um, like my I actually in my projections non PPR have him projected for non PPR fantasy points than Clyde. Mm. Okay, mm. but Clyde's my
0: seventh. Okay, so Dave, Jamie, would you put AJ Dillon in a non PPR league ahead of any of the other top seven
3: running backs? Who are the, the seven, sophomore, I'm sorry?
0: sophomore running backs. Oh well, yeah.
3: uh you said Edwards Hilaire, Heath? Yeah. Yeah, I would take Dylan ahead, Edwards Hilaire in non-PPR. And Not what about yet.
0: like Antonio Gibson or Swift? No. no. Okay. Dobbins, no.
1: But I, I think I mean, there's, he, for me he there's a scenario where Jacksonville signed someone, and then you're taking them ahead of Robinson, too. Yes. Right. Fair point. Yep.
0: All right. So those are some of our favorite early sleepers. Jamie said Chenault, Heath said Mostert, Dave said Troutman. We all talked about AJ Dillon. Um, he'll, maybe he'll be on our early breakout show next week. It's really important, though, that you know about Paramount Plus. All right, this is going to be absolutely awesome. You've probably seen the journey to Mount Paramount spots featuring Bill Cower, James Corden, Bill, uh, Patrick Stewart, Beavis and Butthead—quite a squad. But Paramount Plus is live sports, breaking news, and a mountain of entertainment. You can go straight from game day to movie night with Paramount+. Plus. You can stream iconic movies like The Godfather, Indiana Jones, Mission Impossible. New episodes of critically acclaimed original series like Star Trek, Picard, The Good Fight, and The Stand. And you can also dive into live sports from CBS Sports, including the NFL, March Madness, the Masters, Champions League. All this stuff, plus CBS, uh, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Smithstone... Smithsonian Channel and Comedy Central and Live Sports. All of this in Paramount Plus. It's all that. It's breaking news. It's a mountain of entertainment. Paramount Plus starts streaming on March 4th. Excuse me. Starts streaming on March 4th. All right. Get into that. News and notes. A lot of quarterback stuff. Looks like Ben Roethlisberger will be back with Pittsburgh. Uh, John Lynch, GM for San Francisco, said he thinks Jimmy Garoppolo will be the team's starting quarterback in 2021. Cam Newton said he'd be open to signing a one-year deal with New England. And he also said that missing time with COVID uh, was just, it was too much to recover from. He was behind in the offense, basically. He didn't have an offseason, then in the middle of the year, misses time with COVID, and it just really set him back. And running back news, there's mutual interest between the Dolphins and Aaron Jones, according to the Miami Herald. So if Aaron Jones goes to the Dolphins, would you rather have Aaron Jones? Or James Robinson, assuming he's the guy, starting for the
3: Jaguars? Aaron Jones. I think I would say Jones, too.
1: Yeah, I might have Jones at like six or seven (laughs) if he goes to the Dolphins. (laughs) it would be pretty good, huh? I mean, he's been awesome as it is, and he'd probably
0: share less than he has. Yeah. All right, well, we'll take that. Go to the Dolphins. All right, more sleepers? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so each of you gave me a quarterback. Dave, you gave me Tom Brady, Jamie, Kirk Cousins, Heath, Matthew Stafford. First, I'll ask you, how are you all ranking them? Brady, Cousins, Stafford. Dave, why don't you go first?
2: I will have Brady ahead of Cousins and Stafford. I have Brady 13th among quarterbacks, then Stafford at 15, Cousins at 17. They are all, um, at the very least, late round, easy, easy, bench, stash guys uh, in case you draft a a Hertz, a Herbert, a Burrow, and they don't go the way that you're hoping that they go in the first few weeks of the season.
0: Okay, Jamie, how are you ranking them? Brady, Cousins, Stafford.
3: Stafford, Brady, Cousins, uh, all three outside of my top 12. Um, Brady, I think, is the most interesting one because I think he's going to get drafted as a starter based on name, based on the Super Bowl, all those things. So he's actually going to be a bust. For me, based on what I think his ADP will be. Um, if he's being drafted where we have not ranked, I think it's great. Then I think he is a sleeper. But I think he's going to end up being drafted as a starter. So that's just kind of where I, I come out on Brady. But I think the other two are going to end up more along the lines of of sleeper options. With Stafford kind of a swing. You know, I think if people get all excited that he's going to the Rams and, and what that could be, then his ADP may get pushed up a little bit as well. Um, I know I'm just talking to some people. When uh, when the trade happened, they were like, "Oh, Stafford's going to get a uh, he's got top five potential. Uh, he he might. I I I don't hmm. I don't want to see people draft him that way. So that's another one that could be a potential bust by the time we get to August. But um, I, I I think we kind of set the tone for what people think about Kirk Cousins and how, <laughs> how people will approach him on draft day. Jamie, what do you think the ADP wait, for wait, Brady what, is going to be?
0: We got to let Heath rank these guys we don't really it's not like
1: is it yes, how, I have them all within the same five ranking spots that Dave and Jamie do. Uh, I think I have Brady 11th. I have Stafford 15th. I have Cousins 17th. Um and I I think maybe the most interesting thing to come out of this short segment is that uh, what Jamie said and it's a reminder for what people listening with sleepers and breakouts and busts in February we're not just projecting ranking what the players are going to do we're trying to project rank what the drafters are going to do and where these guys are going to be ranked so green assault
0: gotcha okay dave you may now ask your question
2: what do you think and heath can answer this too what what do you think brady's adp
3: will be whenever i talk about quarterback adp it's kind of like where they're picked in terms of the, the selection of quarterbacks, sure, as sure. To the, the the draft spot for quarterbacks. And I think where Heath hasn't ranked is kind of where he's going to get drafted.
0: Okay. Which was what 11th.
3: Yeah. I think he's going to go somewhere between eight and 12. And where do you have him ranked? Uh, 15. Okay. I mean, it was, whenever it comes to quarterbacks, we really split hairs on these things because you know, it's, uh, uh, we go six points for passing touchdowns. Obviously that's going to change some things. The way people look at it, you know, when it comes to Brady versus the four-point-for-passing-touchdown guys, um, you know we don't know what the Saints' quarterback situation is going to look like. That's going to change some things, at least for me, with Taysom Hill, who I have ranked ahead of Brady right now. Um, you know, so there, there'll be some things that change. But I, I think if Brady gets drafted as a as a starter, I would prefer to have him as a backup as opposed to number one guy.
0: Are we assuming, for the sake of this discussion, that Chris Godwin is back with the Bucks and Antonio Brown is not?
2: Does it? I'm matter? kind of secretly yes. hoping they both are specifically Godwin
0: it, it matters obviously for Godwin does it matter for Antonio Brown you look at the splits first eight games for Brady last eight games for Brady that was with and without Brown uh 20 touchdowns in both sets both eight game stretches top six quarterback per game both uh with and without Brown but he threw for uh about 250 more yards with Antonio Brown than without Antonio Brown that's you know it's not a huge deal I don't know Um, And the last seven games, after Brown's first game, which was against New Orleans, which was a terrible game for them, the last seven games, that's when he really went nuts. He was on pace for 5,100 yards, 46 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. He was the number three quarterback per game behind Aaron Rodgers, or behind Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers. Um, So
2: He had 200 fantasy points in those seven games. Yeah, he was terrific. And he had 205 in his first eight.
0: So the basically the first game he played with Antonio Brown was a dud. The last seven were just an an amazing stretch of football. Uh, I don't know if that was because of Antonio Brown or what, but uh, I don't know. What does that, Jamie? What does that mean to you?
3: Well, I mean, it, it, it's a lot, you know. When he has guys that he's comfortable with and and playing well, I mean, we know what Brady typically has been, and this really didn't change by the end of the season. You know, he he's focused on the playoffs with the Patriots. It's usually more working on their run game and getting their defense ready with, with Tampa Bay was getting their pass game going. So he went into playoff mode for what his team is and what his offense is. Um, I, I, it, there's a lot to, you know, keep an eye on with, with the Bucs. Uh, Godwin sounds like he's going to get the franchise tag, but he wants to get paid. And so, you know, how happy will he be if he's not paid? Will he show up? Um, I, it, it's Yeah, I I would be surprised if Antonio Brown's not back just because it sounds like he wants to be there. And the Bucs, I think, want to have as many of their key components back to make a another run at it. But um, having all his guys around him, Gronk as well, is going to matter. So, Dave, you're the one who had Brady on
0: your sleeper list here. Um, you think he will be drafted. What, what do you think his ADP will be in terms of with the quarterback position? And, and you just think he's going to outperform it, basically?
2: I think he's got a chance to outperform it. I'm I, I'm expecting him to be a round ten plus pick, and maybe there are going to be some people out there that see Brady's name and his track record, and they go, "I got to have the goat." He's got seven rings, and they take him in round eight or round nine. I'm thinking late round, good value. But we can say the exact same thing for a lot of other quarterbacks, and maybe that's the point: is that when when we're talking about late round value quarterback that you're not going to find there's people talking about, Oh, you can just wait till you can get Jalen hurts in round 10. He's not going to be there in round 10. He's going to be popular. The young guys are going to be popular quarterback picks. It's going to be the old guys that nobody wants. And I think that there's good value in Stafford and Matt Ryan and Kirk cousins. And we could probably name two or three others, but I think Brady is the best of that group that you're going to be able to find with a late pick and potentially put right in your starting lineup week one. Okay. Although maybe week two because they might play the Saints in week one.
0: <laughs> Who's the second best mm, immobile quarterback after Aaron Rodgers?
1: I've got Brady.
2: Yeah, I mean we're we're assuming we're we're counting Tannehill and Burrow
0: you're and Russell mobile
2: quarterback. Yeah. I Herbert, yeah. They move. They move. Those guys can well, move looking they're for nece- like They're not like Lamar Jackson. Two hundred and
0: fifty right rushing yards. Herbert was basically right around that. Burrow, I'm not sure what, what he's gonna end up as. Well, right, who'd you rather have? Burrow or Brady? Burrow. Burrow or Stafford?
2: Burrow. Burrow. All
0: right, let's talk about Matthew Stafford. Uh Heath, this was one of your sleepers, right?
1: Yeah. And I I think we've seen over the last couple of years, short spurts, and even in 2019, a half a season of that Stafford still has elite ability left left in him. He's going obviously to a completely new system, but it's a system that at times has made Jared Goff look like an above average quarterback. And I'm not sure that's actually true. So I, I think there's a chance that Sean McVay elevates Stafford's play. He's got good weapons there with the Rams. And uh, we see not not necessarily a career year, but certainly a bounce back from last year.
0: Okay, yeah. Last year, he was the number 15 quarterback. He played most of the season without Kenny Galladay. In the four games he played with Kenny Galladay, four healthy Galladay games, he had a 100.9 passer rating, which would have been the second best of his career. Did you know that Matthew Stafford has one season in his career with a passer rating above 100? And it was 2019 when he played eight games. Uh I, maybe I'm missing something here, but is he really? And you said elite or near elite. This guy has never won a playoff game. <laughs> he's got, like I said, one <laughs> season with a passer rating over a hundred. I know he's a good player, but is he really going to win you a fantasy league?
1: Well, when I said elite, I meant um, from fantasy perspective. And in half a season in 2019, he was a top five fantasy quarterback.
3: Yeah, he will, so he's maybe on number, pace for just under yards that season he's one of the only quarterbacks of the 5,000 yard season so I mean it's not like he's a schlub
0: no no definitely
1: not um and there's there's hope that Sean McVay is more beneficial to him than any of the to use Jamie's word schlubs, schlubs. he's dealt with
0: in Detroit <laughs> okay
3: well I mean you know Daryl Bella was good for him <laughs> that's true and, yep. and you know that's uh that's should give you some hope for Trevor Lawrence uh but I think you know from the standpoint of the coaching perspective is McVeigh going to let him throw downfield. You know, I mean, that's not something that Jared Goff did. Is it more Jared Goff or is it more, you know, what, what McVay's offense is? I'm going right. to get Jared Goff, the- but I, I think, you know, Stafford's walking into a situation where very good receiving core, very good coach, uh, obviously, you know, competent offensive line and and what should be a competent run game. And so, you know, this is the, the, the chance for him to, you know, and from what Adam's, I guess, talking about more of a broad Matthew Stafford conversation. Uh, myself and, and Pete Prisco and our former colleague Nick Costas, uh, we've been giving Will Brinson a very hard time because Will had a uh, little baby rant about Matthew Stafford where he tweeted out that he's a Hall of Famer, and it, it, it comes up every now and then that uh, Stafford's not a Hall of Famer, no, he's not. Uh, but Will's argument is give him three years in Los Angeles to pat his stats and maybe get a ring and then he will be a hall of famer. So we'll see, we'll see what Stafford does uh, with the ramp. Yeah. yeah it be interesting. It's
1: the, like the comparison that there is obviously Phillip rivers, right?
3: Well, that's what started it. He's like rivers, rivers going to hall of fame. And, and if you haven't noticed Matthew Stafford's going to hall of fame too, I think was kind of his, his gist of his rant.
0: I, I mean, everybody here thinks rivers is a better quarterback than Stafford, right? Just looking at their careers.
3: I think, you know, the guys that you look at, they're obviously going to be debatable. Uh, Eli, Rivers, Stafford, Ryan, you know, those guys, uh, obviously, two have retired. Eli's got the Hall of Fame, the the Super Bowls on his resume. So that puts him in a different category. Rivers is, you know, I, I think Rivers is Hall of Famer. I don't think he's first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think Eli is either. Um, and then you have, you know, Ryan and Stafford, how they'll finish. Um, you know, the the difference is the eras. I mean, they, they played in eras where passing stats are going to look dramatically different than guys 10 15 years ago
1: yeah i I, like the thing is with stafford and we don't know how the last seven years of his career are going to go but you look at stafford and rivers compared through age 32 and i don't think it's particularly close right stafford's
2: blows his doors off
0: oh stafford blows rivers doors off completely
1: really
2: statistically you mean yes yeah that doesn't surprise me
1: he has um 13,000 more yards than Philip Rivers had through the same age that Matthew Stafford is. 13,000. Did they start at the same age? No. Hmm. Not at all. No, Rivers Stafford was I mean Stafford's always been much younger than people thought that he was and even now I think he may turn 33
3: like he's got, yeah, I think people think Stafford's like 37, 38 years old. Right, right. Uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, if he's going to play as long as Philip Rivers did, then he's going to absolutely... Like, He might make it harder for Philip Rivers to get into the Hall of Fame because by the time Rivers is trying to get inducted, everybody's like, well, Matthew Stafford has a lot
3: better numbers than him. But that's so weird because... It, but the, win- the wins are different. The numbers
0: are Stafford one thing, but I mean, I just feel course. like Philip Rivers was always one of the best quarterbacks in football, and I don't the, really think Stafford the, was. The
1: wins, yeah, I guess that will have an impact.
2: Well, and that's what Stafford's going to L.A. for. Like, He's not there to try and pad his stats like he was doing in Detroit. He wants to win a ring. The Rams want to win a ring. He also has a defense that he's playing with that's going to be pretty darn good. So I'm not sure how much garbage time stats he'll put up. So I'm kind of nervous about Stafford coming through as a monster fantasy quarterback. He will have some monster weeks. Rams will get into some high-scoring games. They're in the same division as the Cardinals and the Seahawks. It's going to happen. But I also think that there will be games where Cam Akers takes over, the defense takes over, and Stafford, you'll be lucky if you get 200 yards and one touchdown from him.
0: Okay, so am I crazy here? Matthew Stafford in his career has averaged 7.2 yards per attempt. Phillip Rivers, up through age 32, is that what you said, Heath? Yes. Oh, it was be better on per attempt. Yeah, basis. 7.9 yards per attempt. So that's, that's what it is. I mean... It, Rivers had 4,100 attempts, four thousand one hundred eight. Stafford had six thousand two hundred and twenty four. So that's why the comparison's a little bit tough to make because he threw so many. But oh, Rivers passes.
3: on such, such better teams, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I look, I could see St- maybe Stafford's just been on a bad franchise, bad teams. And that's the, I, I don't, I think he's good. I, I do. I just, I don't know that he's like uh, transcendent going to elevate this franchise. Well, I don't he's know if Philip Rivers is, tr- Philip Rivers was never transcendent. I think like, he, he never was. elevated. I think he was. I think he was that great. I think he was a true hall of famer, like a, like a true stud quarterback. One of the best in football okay. in his prime. I did, did I, Anybody, Heath doesn't agree. I'd love to I love mean, that. I don't, he's very, very
1: good. I wouldn't good. use the
3: word transcendent with Phillip Rivers. I do think that he was one of the best quarterbacks of his era. I do think that, you know, he's deserving of the hall of fame. I, again, yeah. I don't think he's the first ballot yeah. guy, but he is, uh, he, he's in that next tier of quarterbacks. You know, he's, he's not in the hall of very good. He's better than that, but he's not, you're not going to walk through the hall of fame and go, where's Philip Rivers bust unless you either an <laughs> NC state fan, <laughs> fan or maybe Colts fan.
2: <laughs>
1: or if yeah. you see Eli Manning and you're like, wait, where's Phil Rivers? Well, Eli
3: right. Eli is different. Eli is only a Hall of Famer
0: because of the playoffs. Uh, the two seasons, but yeah.
3: well I mean Eli Eli compiled stats too. It's not like he didn't put up numbers, but Eli was his wins and losses are 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 different. He's got two winning mm-hmm. seasons, right?
0: He's got two Super Bowl runs. Is that a two winning seasons the entire career? That's amazing. He's a five hundred quarterback as a starter. Right. I think exactly five hundred, or maybe one game over. Um two Super Bowl runs where he won Super Bowl MVP and he was great for those eight games. But he actually, I think Eli Manning was a great quarterback for a very short time. The beginning of his career was really bad and the end of his career was really bad. That's just why he he wouldn't be a Hall of Famer without the Super Bowls. All right, fun conversation, a little off track. We'll take a break here when we come back. Uh, we'll look at running backs. Some of the young running backs that could emerge as sleepers right after this on Fantasy Football today.
3: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Some of the running backs that uh, our guys have as sleepers Dave has Damian Harris, Rashad Penny, Jamie has Benny Snell, Tariq Cohen, Heath. I only put Raheem Mostert from the list you gave me. You have, did you have another running back on there? That's my fault. I
3: probably did. All right, I'll look it up. He's got Jamal Williams and DJ Dallas.
0: Oh, DJ Dallas. Interesting. Okay, so I'll pick two from each of you. And uh let's let's go to Heath first. So DJ oh, Dallas thanks. and Jamal Williams. You already talked about Jamal Williams. Why is DJ Dallas a sleeper for you?
1: Uh for the same reason that Rashad Penny is a sleeper for other people. I think yesterday in our dynasty draft, you drafted Rashad Penny, and the next pick I drafted DJ Dallas. Um, there is a possible opportunity in seattle and there is definitely an opportunity to be the second back if whoever they bring in suffers an injury it's a team that uh, i think is probably done with the let russ cook idea and they're going to get back to establishing the run with the vigor and uh about let russ go yeah hopefully not (laughs) no um
0: transcendent player
1: dallas wasn't particularly good last year in terms of efficiency as a rusher he he got pretty decent catching the ball, but he was also a rookie and he had a very small sample size. Um, I've seen Rashad Penny not be able, like talk about a guy that's not been able to get through a training camp often without getting injured, that I would rather take the bet on Dallas than I would Penny.
2: And I've got Penny as a sleeper, just in case he does manage his way to get through training camp, because we, we've we seen the talent. It's It's been so few and far between in the pros, but in college, he was a monster. Uh, but if he can just hang in there and say healthy, at least he went into this offseason fairly healthy, I believe. He's got a chance. He, If Carson leaves, I think he's got the first bite at the apple in training camp.
1: I saw something about Penny. I don't know. It may just be that he n- literally never ha- was in the open field last year. Hmm. But his max speed last year, as measured by the NFL, was like 12 miles an hour. And in past years, in has 22. <laughs>
2: That's bad.
0: That's, is uh, that faster I'm than bad. you? Do you think you can run 12 miles per hour, Dave?
2: No, I don't think I can do anything. Yeah, I think you could. I, you could run. You uh, 12 yeah. miles an hour? I could run 12 yeah. miles per hour. Dude, that. I am big, old, fat, and slow. I I am not running 12 miles an hour.
0: <laughs> You're not old. Uh, <laughs> I'm older than everybody on
2: this podcast.
0: <laughs> but is it bad that that was the only one that I said you weren't of the four
2: things? Well, no, no. Everything else is factual. <laughs> Just ask my doctor.
0: Okay. Uh, Jamie, Tariq Cohen. I gave an amazing, very fun stat about his catches and wins versus losses. But anyway, 70 catches two years in a row before getting hurt in week three. Going to get 70 again in 2021?
3: I mean, the, the opportunity is there. You know, when you look at what this offense is going to most likely be, uh, we got to figure out the quarterback. We got to see what happens with Allen Robinson. But you know, again, they're, they're getting back a guy that could play in the backfield with David Montgomery. That could certainly be the pass catching back ahead of David Montgomery, like he has been prior to the injuries. So there, there's, a, there's an opportunity for him, if he's healthy, to come back and still be a featured part of this passing game. Um, coaching staff is still the same. So, um, you know, the, the, anytime you get a guy coming off an injury, there's a discount. You know, so he's going to fall in draft by comparison to where he was, where he was going. Um, you know, 2018 was amazing for him. 2019 was Okay. Uh, 2020, who knows how things would have finished out, but you saw what David Montgomery did in the passing game. You know, how much of a factor does Montgomery remain in the passing game ahead of Tariq Cohen? But uh, I, I'll take him uh, at a discounted price. Obviously, better in PPR than non PPR.
0: I'm going to ask you guys a couple questions of the running backs we've talked about so far. First of all, Heath, would you actually draft DJ Dallas ahead of Rashad Penny? Yeah. You would. Okay. Yeah. Dave, you would not, obviously, take Penny.
3: Jamie, They're, these are both late round guys, but yeah, I'll take Penny first.
0: Jamie, Penny. If or, we're drafting or right
3: now, I'm taking Penny because I mean the the investment in him is still higher than the investment in DJ Dallas. And you know, when Rashad Penny was healthy, he was building towards. Remember, he was going to take the job from Chris Carson yeah. two years ago before he got hurt. So they they still have some value in him, I think, if he's right. But you know, if if what he said is correct, and you know he can't run anymore, then obviously DJ Dallas is going to get it first, the first crack at it. But I can't imagine that they're going into the start of the season with these two guys atop their depth chart.
0: And Tariq Cohen, let's say he's back and ready to go, fully healthy. Tariq Cohen or J.D. McKissick? Who would you draft first?
3: Cohen. That's a great question. I'd probably go with McKissick right now. McKissick. All
0: right, who's... Uh, well, they're Dave, the same guy. Dave, you're excited about... Well, I don't know if you're excited. But yeah, I'm on your sleepers list. Damian Harris in New England.
2: Especially in half and non-PPR leagues because I think that he I thought he was pretty good for the majority of his time. Ultimately, he averaged five yards per carry. There were some games where he was way below that. But I think that he can be the rushing downs guy for the Patriots. And you're going to get to a point in your fantasy draft this summer where the running backs that le- that are left on the board are sucky. He will be the best of the sucky.
0: Do we think that well, Rex Burkhead's a free agent, right? So can we just get rid of him? Is it enough already?
3: It's James White's also a free agent. Yeah. There's a lot to like about Damian Harris. I mean, he's like a borderline breakout for me, too. You know, I, I just think you look at the... If they fit their quarterback situation, this offense is going to get better to whatever degree we'll see. You know, it's not going to be a, a top-tier offense because they need so many holes to fill, but... This is one of the bright spots for them last year, you know, and and when he was healthy and running well is, you know, you saw what the upside could be if he can be a little bit more involved in the passing game. And like he said, if James White is gone and not significantly replaced, then there's a lot to like about what Damien Harris can be in 2021. He can be a good receiver. Like we just really didn't see that much of it. I think he caught like five
2: passes in 12 games, however many games he played. But in college, he was a decent receiver.
1: I'm trying to remember there there weren't a lot of games where he and Sony Michelle
0: were active together, right? Right. Dude, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Weeks 13 and 14 are really what you want to look at. Harris had 27 carries, Michelle had 17 carries. So, that's really the only sample that we have. Does it bother you that Sony Michelle actually finished really strong after Harris In the last 3 games of the year Michelle Ten carries for seventy-four yards, ten carries for sixty-nine yards, sixteen carries for seventy-six yards, and somehow he had three catches for sixty yards and a touchdown in week seventeen against the Jets. He's still there. And he actually averaged five point seven yards per carry in mm. twenty twenty in twenty twenty. Uh I know, weird. So that's two efficient seasons out of three for Sony Michelle. Do you look at him as a serious roadblock for Damian Harris?
3: Could like be San Francisco be. without the upside.
1: I think I look at him as a serious uh competition. I hopefully one of those guys wins it. And you know, Bill Belichick usually whoever comes out week one as the lead running back, you can count on that guy to hold on to the job and be a feature back and never come off the field, especially in the goal line area.
0: All right. I I think I really think that this is a misconception just like it was with Doug Peterson. And one of these years you are, you will be proven correct. I, oh, I, like I like Stephen Ridley and LaGarrette Blunt and Sony Michelle in his rookie year, these guys were big time work big workload guys. It's happening. When, he's, got when they have guy. a
3: guy that doesn't fumble, they lean on a guy, but it's right. not a 3 down guy. Absolutely. No, no, it's when not a 3 down a guy. When they've got a guy they lean on him. It's
0: not a 3 down guy. It's not a passing downs guy, but they will ride a running back to to a, a lot of carries if they like that's also, out. as
3: we saw last year, the passing downs guy is more of a Brady thing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the, that could the, be fair. The, the goal say. line yeah.
1: thing last year was, de- like, I think Sony Michelle and Damian Harris combined for what, like three
3: touchdowns? Well, that's because they had Cam arguably Newton the best goal line quarterback ever. Well, Cam right. Newton had
0: 12? <laughs> yeah, we need Cam Nine?
2: out of there
3: to help their run game oh, for fantasy.
0: That. Yeah, Cam Newton had a ton of... Except he helped
1: their... He's the reason they averaged five yards a carry. Well, no, well, what do you
2: mean? Oh, because
0: of his running ability? Harrison Michelle, yeah. Mm-hmm. 12 rushing touchdowns for Cam Newton last year. 12 rushing touchdowns for Cam Newton and the Patriots quarterbacks through 12 touchdowns. All right, Jamie, you want to give me a quick thought on Benny Snell? Here's my question. What do you think the odds are that Benny Snell is the starting running back for the Steelers?
3: 40%. I think it's, it's like the Seattle situation. I just think Benny Snell's in a better spot because at least you've seen him do something competent and helpful for your fantasy team or potentially helpful for your fantasy team obviously it didn't help you week one when James Conner went down, but you know, you see what the upside could be if he gets the the, the job, because uh, as we talked about on uh fantasy football today in five, three games with 16 plus carries two of those, he had very solid fantasy performances. So um, I think Pittsburgh, you know, now that they're going back with Roethlisberger, you know, Juju says he wants to come back. We'll see if they're able to make that work, but they're going to run out of money quick. And, you know, unless they draft another running back again, or they just decide to make it work with what they have and maybe bring in a cheap veteran. Um, I think Benny Snell's in a good spot, you know, depending on where you get him based on his price tag. So
0: let's say in this world that it will definitely not happen, but n- neither Seattle nor Pittsburgh brings in another running back. And Rashad Penny has been declared the starter, and Benny Snell has been declared the starter. Who are you guys drafting first?
3: Snell.
2: Give me the names again. <laughs>
0: <Snell> <laughs> Benny and Snell.
2: <laughs> and Penny, yeah, it's no, no. I I didn't hear you say Penny. That's okay. You are reading the Ringer article.
0: Oh, enough with the Ringer article. I'm sorry that you were I, wrong about something. I was a hundred percent right.
2: I don't even know. I'm
3: what
0: glad you, guys that
1: you
3: think you're right about that.
1: Jesus, um, I was actually just looking at something like Russell Wilson's camp has approached the Seahawks for a potential trade. Let's go. Ooh, per Mike Dugger of the of the Athletic and Mike Sando of the Athletic. And Jason Jinks of The Athletic.
0: My goodness. What an off season this could be.
3: Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: Okay, well, I, that was I fun. Don't, I don't actually believe it can happen, but... Wide receivers. Hmm, let's see. So, Jamie's got a bunch of year two guys. Rager, Chennault, Mims. Dave's got Paris Campbell plus Edelman slash Jacoby Myers. Heath has Robbie Anderson and Michael Pittman. Robbie Anderson is mega interesting. First five games of the year, he was 12th in non-PPR. He was fifth in PPR. He had 90 or more yards in four of those five games. Uh, he, He was sixth in PPR. Then you look at the last 11 games for Anderson. He was on pace for 131 targets, but only had 883, only on pace for 883 yards. So he just wasn't very good. So in those games... Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, and DJ Moore were all on pace for 118 to 131 targets. Pretty much the same target share for those guys. Actually, Moore missed the game, and Samuel missed the game as well. Anderson played all 11. But the other two were so much better than Robbie Anderson. It's an interesting season for him, Heath. His, his routes were different. His ADOT was way down. But you've got him as a sleeper. What do you think Anderson's you know draft value will be, and what do you expect?
1: I based this one based on the fact that I was a lot higher in the rankings than Dave and Jamie. Um, I don't... I He is a guy that is very difficult for me to guess what his ADP is going to be. I'm going to... If I had to guess, I'd say somewhere between 28 and 32 at wide receiver. Um, a, a middling number three. And, and that's I do where he gets drafted?
3: It's where he gets drafted, yeah. Yeah, I'd take the under on that.
1: You think he He'd gets drafted lower than later
3: that. than that? Yeah.
1: Yeah and he might. Um he he most years I think has been ended up on sleeper lists. So and that last year was really the first year since uh, his breakout with the Jets that he delivered. Curtis Samuel, I don't imagine's going to be back. Um I still think for a player that has scored touchdowns at the rate that he has, last year was bad luck in terms of how many touchdowns he scored and last year is really the only reason when you look at his full season numbers that he wasn't just awesome. I mean, he had 95 catches for almost 1100 yards, but he scored three touchdowns. So he finished his
3: wide receiver 20. I think it's a great call. I, I do think he's going to be a great value um, based on how this, this off season looks for the Panthers. Cause I, I think you're right. I don't think Curtis Samuel does come back, but uh, I mean, look, obviously things change dramatically if they swing the trade for Deshaun Watson um, as they're mm-hmm. one of the, You know, teams are going to be aggressive going after him. Also, they could be in the rookie quarterback conversation as well, you know, so that could maybe help Robbie Anderson if they get an upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater or hurt Anderson if the rookie that they draft is not ready, but they throw him in because they want to see what they have. So, you know, Anderson should still be one of the top targets there. It it, uh, continues to support the the theory of draft players that leave Adam Gase um, because you saw what happened to him after he left Gase. Uh, but yeah, he's in. He's in a great spot. You know, he's he's one of those guys like you're gonna say, I don't want Robbie Anderson, but by the end of the season, you say I'm I'm glad I kind of drafted Robbie Anderson. You know, and and, and you know, I don't think you have to reach for him. I, I think again, I think you'll get him. You know, probably closer to wide receiver forty than closer with the, to the number thirty. And I'd be on board with that, uh, especially in
2: a PPR league. And non PPR, I might not even be on board with that because he's just he he was so catch dependent. Forty four percent of his PPR fantasy points came on catches last year. It's high. Huge. Well, that's because I mean six more points per game on receptions. That's that's because he had a two percent touchdown rate. Yeah, and if Christian McCaffrey is back and he plays more than three games, how much higher is that percent touch But
3: well, McCaffrey also, also opens up the passing game for those guys, though. I mean, you know, well, you're not you're not worried about Mike Davis, you gotta worry about Christian McCaffrey. You worry about Christian McCaffrey, then things change in the back end of the defense. He had a five and a half percent
1: touchdown rate playing four years with the Jets. So, I like I don't, it may not be that. Maybe it'll be lower than that. He had that, fewer targets with the Jets. It's too going right? to come up. He well, did have fewer yeah. targets, yes.
0: Uh, they've what? I think they've thrown 33 touchdowns in their last two seasons, Carolina. So,
2: you know. I mean, maybe. A lot of, I, I think what happened two seasons ago doesn't really matter.
0: Well, they threw 16 this past year, and I think they threw 17 two seasons ago when, yeah, they had a bunch of injuries. But, that's what I mean. I think DJ Moore is a sleeper too, guys. I'm, I'm loving DJ Moore. Uh, well, he's not. He's going to be drafted in the fourth. Yeah, a breakout. High, yeah. He's a breakout. Whatever it is, I he might he, be a breakout. You know, there, there I are, guys a, there I are he's guys. a great player. Yeah, uh, there are guys that 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 have great value that don't fit either the sleeper or breakout category. Yeah. And but it's just they threw so few touchdowns. Seventeen touchdown passes for the Panthers even bad quarterback play should get you it to 20.
1: Is the question is and I said this before last year that I wasn't going based on two years I wasn't going to say that DJ Moore was just a low touchdown guy. But uh, we've we've got 46 games and 335 targets of an abysmal touchdown rate. How much like at some point, we're just going to have to accept that he's not going to score that many touchdowns. And maybe I not yeah, give I'm, a not, good I'm
3: not sure it is. Give I mean, a Michael good Thomas doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. Julio Jones doesn't score a lot of But touchdowns. Michael Thomas was scoring nine to every year. DJ Moore would take what those guys are scoring. Yeah, absolutely. Andre With Johnson was always capped at like around eight or nine. Right. Sometimes this guy's capped at like four. Time.
2: Eight or nine would be great. Yeah. He has 11 <laughs> targets inside the 10 in three seasons. 11. That DJ Moore. Get him involved more. Get DJ Moore involved more in the Reds over. Crying out loud. I'll send an email to the Panthers right now.
0: <laughs> okay, uh the other wide receivers, the young guys, uh Paris Campbell, Chennault, Rager, Mims, Pittman. Who's the best of that group? Pittman?
3: Yeah, Pittman's like a borderline breakout. I think, you know, again, you just look at what the opportunity is. If he's number one there for the for the Colts, it's it's hard to overlook what his upside could be. What do you think? David.tepper at panthers.com? <laughs> okay.
2: okay. Line, and then DJ we just why don't you CC
0: more. Matt.rule. Okay. Done. We yeah. just want to see passing touchdowns last year. Yeah, they were twenty-eighth. All but six teams through twenty or more touchdowns. <sighs> Okay, so who's so Pittman is kind of in that breakout category, especially they don't bring back T.Y. Hilton. When you look at Rager, Chennault, Mims, and Campbell, who would your who would your top pick be in that group? Rager, Chennault, Mims, Campbell.
3: Well, I throw one of one of Dave's other guys in there. I think is the best one also is, is Mooney.
0: Darnell Mooney. Okay, so I'll go with those five: Campbell, Mooney, Chennault, Mims, Rager. Who's your favorite?
3: Mooney.
1: I think I have Chenault the highest, but it's Chenault and Mooney are are right
2: up there.
3: And again, mooneys we got to see what happens with what the Bears do.
2: I've got Chenault the highest of those guys. Uh, uh, Paris Campbell. not in this group. You don't have Pittman in this group? No, he said he's ahead. He's ahead. Yeah, Pittman's ahead. Pittman, then Chenault, behind him.
0: Paris Campbell led his team in targets and receiving yards in week one. That was it. That was all he played. It's 100% of his games.
3: Yeah, you want to talk about injury problem, man. This guy yeah. needs to stay healthy. Yeah. Okay. He's T-
2: been... He's had Buzzard's luck since he's come into the league. It's been terrible.
0: Never heard of that, Buzzard's luck. Interesting. Uh, oh. Tight ends. Blake Aren't Jarwin. Buzzards completely reliant on luck to eat? Oh, I don't know.
1: Yeah, but
2: what are they eating? Them.
0: Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, by the way. <laughs> O.J. Howard is Heath's tight end sleeper. Jamie has Blake Jarwin. Jamie, how convinced are you that Jarwin is ahead of Schultz on the depth chart?
3: Uh, his contract would suggest he's probably ahead of Schultz, so I'll take my chances that Jarwin, if he's healthy, resumes his role as a starter. Dave said Adam Troutman, too. So if we
0: look at those three, Troutman, Jarwin, Howard, who are you guys picking first?
2: Jarwin, if he's healthy. Uh if- is Gron-
0: Howard. Even if Gronk is back? Um,
1: I, I think O.J. Howard was considerably better than Gronk when they played together last year, so yeah.
2: They're all within four spots of each other. I'm fishing for Troutman. <laughs> That's good. I like that.
0: All right, let's look at early sleepers here. Got an Apple podcast question I'd like to read. And it is from RJ Gilbert. Startup rookie draft. I am starting up a dynasty league for the first time. And I was curious what you think is the best way to do the rookie draft. Linear, snake. If snake for the first draft, should it then go to linear each year going forward? Love the pod and keep talking about sandwiches.
1: So you're doing the rookie draft outside of your startup draft, I guess.
2: Do you recommend that?
1: It depends on how soon you want to do the startup draft. If you're doing the startup draft before the NFL draft, then yes, I would recommend that. I don't want to draft rookies before I know who they're playing for, personally. Same. We did a draft Ah. yesterday. Yes. Without without rookies. rookies. Right. In that Hmm. scenario, I would do it snake in the opposite order that your startup draft was.
0: And then after that? Linear. Linear in year 2 and beyond. Okay, that's how I would I would also uh, encourage you to think about doing a salary cap draft. So yes. Those are very fun and good keeper, you know, keeper prices. It's good for dynasty and whatnot. Well, I guess, you know, it doesn't really matter cuz it's keeping most players, but dynasty keeper seasonal redraft whatever. Salary cap leagues are the best. Give it a shot. Keep talking about sandwiches. I had a very boring sandwich yesterday. Chicken, barbecue sauce, cheese. That's my sandwich. Story. Hot or
2: cold? Uh hot. Yeah. That sounds good.
0: It was homemade, you know, it stunk. Like if I had gone to a place that did it well, you know. Was the chicken like on a breaded? roll? The and... chicken was breaded. Yeah. That, that that's a sandwich
1: fine. with potential. It was what fine. kind of was a frozen breaded like frozen patty?
0: breaded chicken that I cooked on the stove for about 15 minutes. Uh it's pretty Re-eated.
1: good. Reheated. It was already cooked. No,
0: no. Uncooked. Uncooked, okay. yeah. You don't find a lot of breaded uncooked frozen, but this is what I have. Um, and then yeah, slice of mild cheddar cheese and some barbecue sauce. It was, it was fine. It's fine. Yeah. I might go, I might get a sandwich today. I might get uh chicken cutlet, eggplant, and uh roasted red pepper sandwich from a store. Mm. That's really good.
3: You're gonna leave your house?
0: I don't know. I th- I'm feeling adventurous today. Yeah, feeling adventurous.
3: Oh, it's in the fifties. So yeah, you got, it.
2: yeah.
0: Um, all right. Well, thanks. Good show guys.
3: Adam, do you want to be CC'd
2: on this email? <laughs> yeah. Keith, Jamie, I'm good.
0: actually, yes. I, yes, please CC me. And, uh, I, I think that those really might be their email addresses. So give it a shot.
2: Okay. <laughs> Should we put your email address out there too? Since no. We're no. guessing on theirs.
0: Uh, wow. have a great weekend, Buffalo. everybody. I'm
2: not happy. Woo.
3: Russell what what do you say? According to the Athletic, Russell Wilson stormed out of a meeting with coaches after his ideas for fixing the offense were dismissed uh, prior to their Thursday night game against Arizona. Get him out! Why do you want him out? Oh, where, now where do we want him? Uh, the Jets. We right. want him with the Jets? I want everybody on the Jets. Yeah, cool. Jets. What?
1: Wouldn't the easiest thing just be a Deshaun Watson-Russell Wilson trade?
2: Nothing. Yeah, but then <laughs> that ruins <laughs> Watson. What? <laughs> <laughs> That sucks all I'm the sure way. I'm Deshaun Watson would
3: love that. He might love that, but are they going to let Deshaun cook? <laughs> well, I mean, Deshaun is like probably what a young Russell Wilson was. Well, he will run more?
0: Goodbye, everybody. Have a great mm. weekend. Make sure you listen to our free agency preview on Fantasy Football today in five. As Dave will give you five minutes of tight end free agency. Oh no, wide receiver. Wide I think it's receiver. Receivers. Yeah, You're wide right. receiver free agent. It's yeah, the tight end fun.
2: one won't be that good, but that's a week that'll, away. Yeah, that'll You'll be forget for about that one being bad minutes. in a week. <laughs>
0: Uh, so check that out. Check out Paramount Plus, and have a wonderful weekend. We will talk to you on Monday with early breakouts.
2: Sincerely or warm regards. How should I wrap up the email? Sincerely. Uh, got it. Let's
0: go! It's the most all-star-studded challenge ever, and this time it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All Stars, new
3: season now streaming on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.